Pulp-MX Network Production. Pulp-MX fans, we're 550-plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp-MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mackles Show. Presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the Motocross Designations Wrap-up show. Appreciate it. Uh, just got back from France a couple days ago. And, uh, boy, my arm's tired. Uh, just kidding. But, uh, anyways, yeah, btosports.com. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save money. Anything you need for your biker body, they've got it. OEM parts as well at btosports.com. Brand-new uh, gear from all the manufacturers are there. PULPMX at checkout saves you money. So thanks to btosports.com. And Fox Racing, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they got their new Flex Air, 2016 Flex Air, direct, developed by Fox directly with riders like Dungey and Roxon. Flex Air allows unrestricted mobility on the bike with Fox's true motion four-way stretch fabric. For more information, check out foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like I said, Motocross Nation's wrap-up. With me on the line, uh, a guy who was with me the whole time, four days, five days, buddies forever, not uh, stuck together at the hip, uh, everything else, the Jason Thomas. Yeah, we're back. Are you, uh, are you dealing with jet lag like I am? I'm struggling right no, now. No, dude, I'm, I'm good. And Pookie, my wife, is amazed. She can't figure it out. I'm you good. know what I think my problem was is I got fully in tune with their sleep time zone oh, okay yeah yeah. and now i think it, i think that jacked me i think well, if you go there and don't get used to it and you just kind of suffer through and then get back yeah it's fine well, but people, i'm really struggling people need to know that you were there for seven days before i got uh, there. 11 okay 11 days, see yeah, 11 so. days honestly that's like stallone in that lockup movie just being in europe that's 11 days of that yeah i, I felt like uh, i was in the movie taken um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, you you are fully adjusted to them, like you said. So now you're struggling. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, also on the line, he's a guy who uh, had to had to tweet the uh, the race goings on once my phone stopped working as uh, forty thousand Frenchmen filled the hillsides. Uh, my boss, the Race Rex Online Editor, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of ATV Motocross, the voice of the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Did I leave anything out, Wygant? Uh, probably. I'm trying to think of what else is out there. I did some Yamaha Hall of Fame videos recently. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what well, about started in the classic fashion. Hey, do you know anything about this Bill Balance guy who used to race quads for us? Yeah, and then that's usually how I get my foot in the door. And they're like, did you just do the whole thing? It's always how it starts. Tell me you didn't leave out M-Egg like you did in the Legends and Heroes video. I have no idea how Yamaha selected their 60th anniversary Hall of Fame guys. It's very strange. Like, I have no idea. It was like eight guys. I don't know how they picked who they picked. Did uh, did I happen to make the cut? Rick Forget got in. Rick Forget got in. I think here was the thing. If you did anything on any other brand ever, you're out. <laughs> uh, did I make the cut at all? Like, I was an employee there. Did anybody from Yamaha maybe say, hey, we're going to honor some mechanics? Anybody? 
Yeah, I went up to Keith McCarty and asked. Yeah. You had a shot at it. Uh, and? Yeah. Yeah? No? Not good. No. Uh-huh. Didn't get the votes this year. Sorry, well, Rose. You know, maybe Sorry. next year. Maybe, maybe <laughs> next year. Pete Rose. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, it's uh, Motocross the Nations. Weeds, you got up early and had to had to, uh, had to to watch it online. So. Nah, not really. I got The reason I can't even go is because I got a kid at home, but it comes in handy this weekend. But I got to get up at 530 in the morning every day anyway. Yeah. He gets up. So, it was right in my wheelhouse, but I'm done with not going to these things. Like, I'm done with that. I've got. It's it'll be two next year. We've got to figure this out. I've got to be able to go. It's unbelievable that you that you haven't gone. I mean, right, right JT? Like this is a Wygant's yeah. alley. This is. I think I think you would really enjoy it. I do. You're telling me what I blew was uh, my wife and I were going to go in 2009 in Italy, and uh, so you can I'll give you one guess as to why I decided not to go. Uh, cost money. <laughs> yes, cost too much money. I was like, oh man, it's going to be like three grand. Screw that. Well, I should have because I didn't know I'd be on kid lockdown. For yeah. the next five years, though. Right. It's on next year in Italy. I cannot make the same mistake twice. <laughs> it's t- <laughs> Good guess, uh, JT, because I was honestly going to say, like, you had to do an ATV motocross. You had to do a GNCC race. I didn't, I didn't... It's always about money. Well, yeah. You're all, you know what? That Good was, or bad. Yeah. That was my bad. I should have came around to that. Or <laughs> or he was worried about the unlicensed dogs that roam the packs of Italy, Rome, Italy hillsides. One whoa, of the whoa, did that go on? No, I, Wait, just, I might be thinking this. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, uh, well, Weege, uh, you and I talk about the many things about this race, and um, one of the things we, we like to joke about with us three is JT's anger level after each American loss. And by the way, JT, they haven't won since you've been going over there. I don't know if you've noticed this, but. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping nobody catches on to that. <laughs> um, kind of a bad deal. Weege, uh, JT is past the anger, he's past the denial. He's really just acceptance stage now. Like, there's a little bit of anger, but it was more acceptance um, because USA rode well, and he he just had to accept it. There's nothing he Best can really team do. Won. Yep. I feel like uh, JT, you're representing the entire population in mass. The last three years, that just I mean, I could sense the anger from three thousand miles away, and not just from you, from everybody. Just anger of the Americans not winning, mm-hmm. the gloating of the Europeans doing the winning. But this year, it seemed like it was all roses and rainbows and unicorns. Like, I feel like everyone was like, hey, they tried. Mm-hmm. Everybody did good. Good job for France. Good job for U.S. Everything's cool. I feel like that was the general vibe. Did you feel that way, JT? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with the team we had, we had a rookie on a 450, uh, which people are yelling at me that he's actually raced a 450 before in Japan or Monster Cup. Okay, yeah, great, whatever. The guy doesn't race a 450 yeah. most of the time, so deal with it. Um He'd never been to that event before. You know, we had Barsha, who, you know, Barsha doesn't need any kind of handicap. He's a great rider. He's been to this race before. Uh, And then Jeremy Martin, this was the second time. But I still don't think it was, you know, if you take all of the Americans, I don't think it was necessarily the best possible team you could ever dream up. Uh, So having said that, I thought, you know, that they rode great. Um, I think, you know, they rode about as pretty close to as good as you could ride at an event like that because, you know, Barring the motor, you know, the Bud's Creek event or something like that, these guys always have some sort of difficulty at this event. It's just how this race goes. Mm-hmm. So I thought they, I thought they rose to the occasion and rode incredibly well. Unfortunately, they were just facing, you know, pro, pro, I would say po- possibly and probably the best French team that's ever been assembled. So um, that that was the issue. Otherwise, it's uh, it's a pretty 
great performance and, and most likely victory for USA in, in typical years. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, I, I got to say, Weed, you're right in the sense that I got a, a few tweets about uh, the USA uh, screwing up the gate pick selection. I got a few tweets about and emails about uh, should Barsha have ridden against Fabra? Um, you know, the strength against strength, A rider, quote unquote, versus A rider. Should, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Should this, that, that, you know, a few different things. But there's nowhere near the amount of uh, second guessing in other years from fans. So, yeah, it seems like they're, they're a little better. I think there's a massive difference between, uh, and Matthew, you talk about this all the time. Everyone wants to use this race as the yardstick of, are the GP riders better than the American riders? That's, that's what this event has turned into. That's what it's for. Uh, that's probably not true or accurate, but that's what everybody thinks. So if Dungey, you could argue most years, is generally our best rider, when he goes over there and gets smoked, which unfortunately is what's happened in the last three years, the first three were pretty good, mm-hmm. last three have been bad, I think it's just too easy for everyone to rub that in. Like, there's just too much evidence of the best American rider could only get seven. That must mean something. So people can't uh, help themselves. So on the American side, it's like, what's wrong with Dungey? Why did he screw up? And on the European side, it's like, their best guy can't even beat our sixth best guy. Here, mm-hmm. like, what angle can you take talking trash on Cooper Webb? What, what could you even say? <laughs> I, you don't even I, yeah, know how to yeah. classify him. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, American went 2-2-1 two, two, in their three classes. I mean, come on, right? So um, yep. it, it – it, uh, it's really simplistic and easy to say that the race boiled down to the start in the third moto. Webb got the whole shot in the second moto. Barsha got the whole shot in the first moto. I honestly, at that point, um, JT, going into the third moto, and, and don't be honest here, Yeah. who do who, you think was going to win? I thought that France would win uh, because oh. I thought that Febro would win the moto. I really okay. did. Right. Um, I, I knew you thought Barsha would probably win, but I just, yep. I just felt too good about how Febro's weekend had gone. Right. Um, okay. Well, that so I, blows my whole theory out of the water then. Well, I just thought that Febro would be the difference. You know, I, I, I think yeah. he won the weekend for them. He, you know, um, he, he was the difference. I thought America was going to win because Weege, that's what America does. Going to third moto over and over and over. They win it's true. going into the last yep. moto. Um, they get the start. They get the break. They get another team uh, DNFing. You know, they get a lot of things. And uh, so I sat there before the third moto, and I'm like, okay, our guys have whole shot. Our guys. I don't even know if it's our guys, your guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, going into the third moto, I'm like, USA is whole shot both their races. They're gonna, one of them is going to get the whole shot again here, and USA will win because uh, that's what they do. And so it's really – simplistic and easy to say they didn't get the starts but i mean on that track right there it was over it was done once they once they came around outside the top 10 it was see you later so eh, that's kind of how it goes and so you know don't make any judgment on um on this race on on the quality of riders or whatever because uh yeah it was kind of a you know easy track as far as the start and you know don't make mistakes well, Mathis, go, go a little deeper. You're, you're very adamant these days. Uh, you're very anti-people reading too much into this race as to what it means. Can you explain why that has gotten under your skin well, so much? Well, I mean, for, 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 first, for first thing, it's the best riders from each country. So there's a lot of deserving riders that get left out of this race. And maybe not this year, because this year we saw 
many stars not there and injuries not there. But, you know, generally speaking, there's some badass dudes that get left off U.S. team, get left off Belgium team, get left off England team, um, you know, every year. And so it doesn't really – it's not the best of the best. It's the best three riders that you have. You know, so you got to right away uh, take that in, in, into effect. Secondly, secondly it's one day. It's, you know, one practice, 40-minute practice on a Saturday morning. You get a warm-up on Sunday morning. And, like, if you're not feeling it, you're sick, Jeremy Martin breaks a foot, uh, your bike breaks, and you just make these colossal leaps of judgment from off this one race, from whatever happens. So, kind of a little bit of what I mean, Weech. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, a perfect example is last year. Uh, the, the race does have these weirdo, unbelievable performances. Now, I don't think Febbro, the way he dominated, there was nothing weird about him going 1-1. That's just what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But the perfect example is last year. I mean, Dutier Paulin is a world-class rider, no doubt. But that was the race of his life. And then a close friend of ours was baiting people into an argument, tweeting, I've been telling people for years Paulin is the greatest rider in the world. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's... If that's true, but the point is on that one day, he was, but it was just one day. Yeah. So, yeah, it is such a small sample size. It means something, but I don't think it means everything. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And, but, I mean, Weed, you haven't been, you've been to the American ones, right? You've been to Lakewood or whatever, but you got to go to these uh, to these European ones. I mean, JT, it's phenomenal. It's it insane. It, it's it's yeah. if you've been to Bud's Creek and 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 Lakewood and you're like, yeah, man. Or if you choppered into Unadilla, like Wygant yeah. in '87, yeah. um, and and you choppered in and whatever, and you're like, yeah, man, I went, I saw it. No, you didn't. JT, try to tell people. Like, just try to try to get through their heads. You think? Well, go I mean, it's awesome. It's just it's an expensive deal. There's no doubt. I mean, I can understand. There, I had friends in in France that didn't even come to the race because it was too expensive. Really? So, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I guess it's really expensive to get in and to park and camp and all that stuff. So huh. I get it. But if you have the means, you know, if, if you work in the industry or whatever, like weed or whatever, you know, can sort it out. You know, there are, there are many, many avenues and reasons for weed, a guy like weed to be there. The event is just so awesome. I mean, it's, there's no other event on the calendar like it. And, I mean, Mathis and I spend our own money. No, I'm, there's no other way to look at it. We spend our own money to go to this event. So. Yeah, I'm out about a, about a grand. So yeah, I mean, I yeah. think uh, I did a little bit better than that, but right. I'm spending my own money. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, no, it's worth it, man. It's great. Can we before we get too far into the race? Uh, each team gets about two grand from UStream, and I don't know if that if you got to make the A final A final to get that or not. But even if you didn't, okay, they said there was eighty thousand people there. There wasn't. That's that's classic Ustream pumping up the attendance. There was probably thirty JT, right? Um, yeah, I believe forty. Yeah, I would think. I well, would think the that's, 80, that's though, easy. Isn't the eighty them? Don't they do the calculations? They're basically saying you know forty people, forty thousand two days in a row. Isn't that how they do that? I don't know, but I, I, I'm, we know it's not one hundred percent accurate. I don't think it's quite as off. It's as it sounds. Someone said it was seventy-five euro to get in. Let's say, yeah, it was, I believe that. let's say it was 50 euro. 50 euro at 40,000 people. And 50 euro is probably low. And these teams are getting two grand. There's, what, 30 teams? So they're getting 60,000 euros put out? Right? I think it was 30, 36 teams. Okay. Well, just say 40. All right. So, okay. uh, 
That's $80,000 Ustream is dishing out. And someone do the math on 40000 at a low price of 50 euros. Do that math. Do the math of what the teams spend to get there. I know when I went to Yamaha in 03, I believe Yamaha spent an extra eight grand uh, to get to that race to make sure that I held things together. Maybe that was a, a Mathis tax. I don't know. Like maybe that was something where they were like, <laughs> we cannot send this guy alone. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the AMA pays something like $1,500 is all the AMA pays for flights and hotels. Like when are these, like, it's, it's, and you know, it's, it's, some guys are, Ryan Dungey's staying home because of a made-for-TV energy drink thing where you go down a straight lane for 30 seconds? You know? I don't know, man. There's a whole thing about this Disney's and whether it's worth it or not. It's starting to maybe be like that. I think it has been for a long time. I, in fact, I think right now, the, uh, I mean, the real expense is obviously for the U.S. team. That's what, it doesn't make or break the event per se. I mean, I'm sure if the U.S. was not there the French fans and, and battling it out with Belgium or England or whoever else they would have been fighting. The fans would have been into it. It would have been exciting. But when you really consider this is just a, a, it's almost an additional GP round, the bonus of all of a sudden getting the Americans who they never get to see race in person all year mm-hmm. really takes the event to another level. I'm not saying the event would be garbage without the Americans, but it definitely makes it better. Well, and yeah. Without, it, go ahead. Right. So a lot of the crowd, a lot of the interest has to be from having the Americans there. So to have no, hey, here's 2400 bucks for you to make 50% of the, you know, interest uh, in this event. As, uh, as, Barsha, as, Barsha, as Barsha looks in his ashtray and his Lambo and has that much in his ashtray. But that's not the point. The team, JGR and Star, all they're spending. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a world-class event. You can't say that Dungey or Barsha or anybody like that. Heck, Bobby Regan told me last year he spent about twenty grand of his own money and he only had one rider. This year he had two riders on the team. The fact that he has to spend money out of his own pocket running a team, like, that's just crazy when you think of how big this race is. Now, the straight rhythm argument and the Monster Cup argument is a little different because it's right up the road from these teams. It's Supercross, essentially, which is what they're working on this time of year. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to fly to Europe for a week. So there's a million other things involved besides the million dollars as to why they'll do Dungey will do those but not do this. But the fact that there's only 2400 bucks on the line, and then it basically puts the pressure on the teams and the riders. Like, if you don't go, you're a dick. Yeah. And, you and, better do it. And what about injury? You know? Hey, like, I'm oh, yeah. I'm factory uh, Honda, and uh, my star rider uh, broke his ankle. You know? Like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, and you look at those people there, and you look at what they're paying, and we did, trust me, 50 euros is super low. And I'm just going, what's yeah. going on here? Like, what? What's happening? Why are, why are all these people accepting this, you know? There's nothing wrong. We also know, by the way, that uh, the track, like, to get this event, uh, Ustream's not – Ustream's making money on the track getting the event. Oh, the yeah. Way. Oh, God, yeah. 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 I don't know. So I think there's something wrong there. Just imagine – okay, if you're Yamaha, you have to send three guys, right? Imagine if Yamaha just said or, or JGR said or Bobby Regan of Star said, man, we just don't want to spend the money, so Barsha can't go. Or <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Martin can't go. Yeah, people would people would be rioting, so they right. have to do it. It's really not fair. The best Bobby Reagan story I heard all weekend, by the way, was after Saturday. I heard he was out front of the tent telling people, "You come back tomorrow, there'll be a different result. Don't <laughs> worry, 
You come back tomorrow, it'll all be different. Yelling at these Frenchmen who are probably wondering what this guy is saying. So, really wasn't any different, though, huh, Bobby? Um, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, maybe. Uh, JT, how much do you think the event uh, suffered for not having Team Canada there? I wouldn't necessarily call it suffering. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, Weege, at sitting at home uh, in Charlotte, um, straight up, right out of the gate, biggest surprise for you. Like, did you watch Saturday? Did you kind of see what was happening Saturday? Or no, you just read? Or did you? No, no. Yeah, I watched everything on, on Saturday, too. Okay. Um, it, there's, it's hard to pin on one thing. Because there's, okay, uh, this, is, this is one of the most confusing things for me of all. Okay. I'll just take two examples here and compare them. When Febra was able to beat Cooper Webb, and he was faster than Cooper Webb at Glen Helen. They battled, but let's be honest, he caught him in yep. both motos. Yep. I was like, oh, man, if a French dude who's never even been to Glen Helen in a 100-degree heat can beat Cooper Webb here, it's not even going to be close next weekend. Mm-hmm. But they were actually the same, or if anything, Webb was actually a little bit more competitive with him. Yeah. But yeah. then... In the MX2, we knew that uh, Martin and Muscan were about as close a match as you could pretty much expect this year. Martin won the title. They went back and forth. It's not like, you know, throw a blanket over the two, and they were so close all year. Mm-hmm. But Muscan had him. He had him handled. Martin rode great. 5-5 five, five out of 250 is great. But there's no doubt, all, all three times they lined up, Muscan got the better of him. So I'm like, wait, the guy who doesn't race GP, <laughs> who's not yeah. as familiar with those conditions, went to another level, but the guy who is, I couldn't, I can't come up with an explanation of how that worked. Moosecan was so good, but Webb was also so good. He actually, for one moment, passed Febber. Like, what the hell was that? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, Roger Roger was, Roger was. said after the race that how many people have ever passed Favre in the last half of the World Championships? Well, Cooper did, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really thought they were going to win going in that last moto. And I and honestly, after Webb got by Barsha, Barsha let him by, and when Webb stalled his bike, Justin all of a sudden something clicked. Do you remember when Dunge got him late in Washugal, and then we saw balls out Barsha again? That's yeah. what that's what he was doing again in that third moto. Like I'm like, I was like, this is going to be a Stanton ride right here. He is going to ride himself to the front, a la Jeff Stanton, and he didn't. You know, or at least I thought he was going to get second. He didn't. He got third. He couldn't get Townley. But uh, Barsha, JT, that, I, he was really special at this race. He rode well. I, you know, and I expected a lot from him because I knew, you know, mostly from social media, but I talked to other people that were close to closer to him, and uh, he was taking it very seriously. I mean, he wasn't putting in supercross laps. He wasn't taking time off. He was out there modeling outdoors. You know, mm-hmm. he was out there just like he was getting ready for Hangtown. So mm-hmm. I was, on a personal level, I was really happy to see that because I, you know, I take this race seriously just as a spectator. I, you know, <laughs> I'm prideful of it. So I was happy to see that, and I thought he, I thought he put in a great performance. I mean, he won a moto, which is, uh, that's a huge deal at that event. So he didn't back down from, you know, Muscan's pace. He found a way to kind of combat that and engage Muscan, and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, he kind of came out on top of that deal. Um, you know, I have, he charged through, you know, maybe, okay, you know, he screwed the startup. I think he would admit that too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but man, he rode great. He he really really put in a solid performance. I have nothing you know nothing but uh, good things yeah. to say. And, and I said that to him uh, in the in the press tent on Sunday night. Um, he has nothing to hang his head about. He has nothing to be um, disappointed about. He rode incredibly well. Yeah, but uh, having said that, he's 0 for 3 at these things. That's got to yeah, suck. Yeah, but that was by far his oh, best. no, effort. absolutely. But, man, that has got to suck, right? Yeah, like, if, he puts, if he puts that effort in, um, you know, Germany, we win. If he puts that effort in somewhere else, we win. Yeah. So uh, what, else, what else can you do? You can't change the past. He came ready. Yeah. More ready than he's ever been. He did his part. Um, I mean, he won a moto. He got third in the other moto. I mean, that's that's strong. So I, I have nothing but good things to say for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Weege, have you? So Weege, in your eye, like, and look, this is hard to say. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but like Jeremy Martin, uh, maybe disappointed you a bit in your eyes. You know, I thought it was that way at first because I honestly looked at it and I'm like, hey. Uh, Webb did as good as you could possibly expect. I mean, he actually battled Febra. You, you can't – unless Febra had a problem, and he didn't. His starts weren't horrible. He didn't crash. I mean, you can't expect to be like, hey, Cooper, you needed to beat that guy. Like, yeah. he did as much as he could. Exactly what JT said about Barsha, a 1-3. That's about all you could expect. So I'm like, well, I mean, this is what it came down to. You know, Martin and Muscan are a fair matchup, and he had two shots at him. I mean, Muscan crashed. First motor, we caught him. He was ahead of him in the second moto, and both times he couldn't get it. But that's kind of the way I felt at first. But, again, seeing the reaction to everyone, it's maybe an unrealistic standard. Like, for whatever reason, the crowd or the track or something, Muscam was just on that day. And maybe it's just unrealistic to say, hey, you're going to have to beat him. I mean, Marvin's had a pretty uh, checkered history at this event. He's had some bad ones. He actually had some good ones. I think 2009, 2010, he was pretty good there. Yep. But, uh he really rose to the occasion. And I guess even oh, – well, you talked to Jeremy. I mean, he pretty much said, what could I do? He was on another level today. No excuses. Like, Marvin was really no, good. None, none of the guys – none of the U.S. guys were – they were good. They handled it well, you know, I thought. They, they were appropriately amount of pissed slash bummed off, but yet still bummed out. Yet – did I say bummed off? Bummed off. They were, off. They were appropriately enough pissed and bummed out but yet still gave props to the to France. I thought they were all pretty pretty respectful in that way. So good good for them, you know. But Buscan was good. Damn, he was good. Dude, when but when he was he his, his lap time in that first moto was almost 2 seconds better than Barsha best lap to best lap. I mean, sweet Jesus, on that track, one big hill, 2 seconds, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. He but JT, uh he looked out of control. For Marvin, he looked out of control. You think? Yes, I do. For for just because you you're used to seeing him, you know, have nothing. Or, or I'm sorry, not, make no mistakes. Like kind of be within himself. I thought he was he was really hanging it out. Like the, I didn't think I didn't get that. I you know he made the, he had the one crash, but yeah, man, yeah. he was so impressive in some of the sections to me. Uh, like the the section where Webb went after Fevra and Pollen went after Ferris. Um. You know, the inside-outside type mm-hmm. deal? Yep. He was, I mean, head and shoulders better than anybody else in France on that section. Um, I, I, di- I didn't get that vibe. I thought he was uh, I thought he was pushing as hard as he could, but I didn't get I the saw feeling him, that he was riding over his head. I saw him twice try to make an inside and then ha- had to bail and go outside and cross ruts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that, I, think that was, I think that was part of the track, though. That track 
was, in my opinion, I even told Dean, I'm like, I'm glad I'm not riding this track. It looks so difficult yeah. to to go fast on because the ruts and the, the off-cambers and the angles, and, man, it just looked really, really challenging. So I think maybe just the track forced everyone to kind of look right. like that. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, Muskan was incredibly strong. I mean, that was the best, I think, I would argue that's the best we saw him ride all year. Yeah, no, he told me it was his career highlight, you know, so as far as winning and everything. Uh, Weege, what do you think of the track from TV? What do you think of it? Yeah, it's uh, misleading. It looked fine uh, from what I could see, but now hearing the reaction of you guys and some other people who went, TV is one the most misleading thing TV does is, uh, A, it doesn't show hills uh, nearly as steep as they are. We know this. But uh, the most misleading thing is you can never get an idea of the general size of a motocross track. I mean, if anyone has never been to Southwick, but if yeah. you watch it on TV, Southwick is tiny, but you would never know that. You don't realize that this one lane of the track is five feet from the other lane. Right. Southwick is like a backyard track compared to High Point, but you would never know it watching on TV. Same thing here. Track was totally normal to me, but uh, you said, especially in observations, how you didn't even know if this track is necessarily even worthy of uh, motocross a nation's level event. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't pumped on it. The atmosphere... And the crowd was phenomenal, and it made up for it. But I was not impressed with the track. JT, I think, thought it was better than I did. I was kind of like, eh, eh. I don't think the track was that great. Uh, I thought it was narrow. Um, it's really small. But the you know the venue, the atmosphere, the way the fans kind of uh, envelop the entire facility, uh, all that I thought was incredible. But the track itself was nothing to write home about. I mean, it was a you know glorified kind of local type track, um, like regional type track. Uh, there's many, many better tracks, I think, as far as just the racetrack. But mm-hmm. I think they're they're restricted by the land they have to work with and also uh, the way it's kind of laid out. I don't think they have a lot to work with to yeah. change that. Well, um, you remember the double where Simpson went down when he collided with the lapper? Yeah. DV said it used to just go, like, hairpin to hairpin up the hill. Like, just oh, 90, wow, 90, yeah. 90, 90, 90, 90 until it got to the hill. Yep. Like, ouch, that would have been, that right. been, that been not fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, we at least uh, the commentators got they got the start down. They nailed the start, so that's good. Actually saw the start? Yeah, they actually saw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 Jeff Emig, he learned his lesson. Learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah, he did. He redeemed himself with Paul Maylin. How were those two, Weege? How were they? Like, I didn't I, – I we were in the Alpine Star tent, JT, for the B yep. final. Um, I don't know if you were listening. I think you were playing MotoGP video game for a little bit there. But uh, I was. I was. Yeah. I was completely uninterested. <laughs> I was watching the B-Final, listening to Paul and Jeff. They were all right. They did a good job. Jeff's GP knowledge, obviously, especially in the B-Final, it's not real sharp, but I don't know who, who would be, you know. But what do you think, Weege, of, of those two? Yeah, they're really good, actually. And uh, you could tell Malin actually had to, even was, had to go and say it. It was obvious. You could tell that Emmick watched a lot of the GP this year. He had... It wasn't like uh, you'd expect where it was like, he's going to know everything there is to know about Martin and maybe Muscan and mm-hmm. a couple of the other guys who race in the United States. But, you know, they had Tim Geisher on the pre-race show and, you know, because of the shift connection, I, he knew everything about him. Right. Uh, and season, Simpson season. Yeah, Emig really had some knowledge. I was really impressed with that. The only thing I'm never impressed with, and these guys, I've heard them announce the other before. I mean, these two are – Forever linked, they are woven together into the fabric of the sport from Roggenberg 1994, but they never bring it up. Like, somebody somebody get in there and stir it. Come on. 
I I announce with Malin like for Bercy and Lil every year. I get on for a little bit. Yeah, and I immediately bring up '94. Like if I if if Paul says like, you know, look at the speed on that Weimer, I'll be like, look, reminds me of a young Paul Malin in '94 when he whooped the world. You know, like I'll bring it up three or four times. That that's just me. Did he go there. Did he, he go there. No, he just laughs and chuckles and moves on. I'm no. just like, bro, like you gotta you gotta talk about this. I give him credit. I feel like he so knows that uh, people are going to think that he's being biased toward the Euros. That he goes out of his way. He doesn't even mention that he raced. You would uh, never know Paul Malin raced unless you just know his name. Uh, he never references himself. But there are some people who really think he hates the USA. I don't hear that, but Dude, th- there are some people. He tries so hard. He gives them every out, every excuse. Anytime he says something like just merely is saying something was bad. Mm-hmm. He gives them like an out for it. Like he tries so hard and then still just gets ruined. He reminds me never win. He reminds me of you a bit, Weege, because you know how you do uh, the motocross series for, for, you know, in America here, but you also do the GNCC series and you do ATV motocross. I'm probably missing something else where you like, you're the guy that just has to announce. He's just around. So he announces everything that MX sports does. Right. They yep. they they drop Malin in at not, at seven a.m. and he is just there and he's doing everything and he's even <laughs> doing the press conference at the end of the day like he's hosting and emceeing the press conference every time there's a press conference he is the man and then he goes back to his trailer and sits down and whether he has help or not it doesn't matter Paul Malin is just calling the action oh yeah there's GPs where they don't have sometimes our buddy. Uh, Adam Wheeler comes in to help, but sometimes there's nobody. It's no. him all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, on the site, they had, I guess they had their, their awards, like the Ustream Awards for the year, like the awards banquet. Yeah. They show a video of that. There it is. Paul Malin <laughs> hosting. <laughs> uh, Wheeler, I asked Wheeler, I said, how bummed are you that you, uh, you didn't get a journalist of the year? And he's like, it wasn't my turn. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> so... How come we don't have journalist of the year in America? Like, I feel like I'd be in the running for that. Um, we... Yeah, I would. Lo- we could have a whole podcast about who the nominees would be, and it would be pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right? It's a good point. Put that picture. Get that picture of that uh, arena cross press box in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. The arena cross, the, the, the press were the press were out of hand at that Las Vegas arena cross. Just unbelievable. <laughs> Rockets crowd they had there. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, let's go back to this race. JT, you were there. I got to Okay. Seriously, what's up with this Fever guy? Like, dude. where did this come from? What is the deal with this guy? It's unbelievable. He's good. Um, he wasn't. You know, you know what? He was really, really good. I don't want this to sound like I'm. I'm taking away from him Here because I'm go. really not. He, what he's done this year has been nothing short of fantastic. Having said that, uh, in the motos, especially the, his second moto, which would have been the last moto of the day, he didn't destroy everyone. Um, <laughs> That's all. Townley kept him honest, and it took a, it took him a while to get Townley, and then he kind of stayed out there. And I don't know that he was, you know, giving it everything he had. Maybe he's playing it safe because you know the the team is resting on his shoulders type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't like he put thirty seconds on everyone and was just gone. 
but he just uh, he he was simply better than everybody. I mean, that, that's fair to say. He was just better than everyone. Well, you got to remember too, JT, and and you know you're absolutely right. But BT had um, what an hour rest over an hour, and Favre had half an hour. Right. You know, so there's something there. Yeah. To but say. Even, even in the first moto, Webb was. Yeah. Webb, I mean, Webb, Webb came well, back. That's Webb what, made a run at him. You know, that's what we I said. think uh, Febra is in better shape on the 450. He but, was, I mean, well, that's what Webb we, was able to get in there and, and make it interesting. That's what we said. He somehow kept him closer at in France than he did at Glen Helen. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, Febra is, is amazing, and I think he's he is going to replace Cairoli as the guy that just goes on this run. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, because I think he has it figured out as far as he doesn't crash, he doesn't do anything stupid, he's, he seems very intelligent on the motorcycle. Other than that uh, crazy crash he had, uh, where's that, Slovakia or wherever that was. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's going to be around for a very long time. Uh, but it wasn't – I've seen, I've seen dominating performances at Motocross Nations, you know, um, it wasn't like he just crushed everyone and everyone was just powerless to ever even see Febra out there. You know, yeah. that wasn't the the feeling I got leaving there. He was just uh, he was just a percent or two better than everyone, and he he displayed that every time he was on the track. Yeah, he was, it was a really was curious else. thing. Like he would, uh, if it reminds me of anything, it reminded me, of course, of a uh, a WWF match, <laughs> where like it was. The guys would get their shots in, and you'd be like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He's wait a minute! Maybe yeah. they can take him down." But then he'd rally, and you'd be like, "Ah, he's just too big. He just can't beat the Undertaker." But I thought for a second we had it. Yeah. It was weird like that. Like he would ride his pace, the guys would catch him, and then he'd be like, "Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to go a little bit faster for a little while." So and then catch him again, and he would do it again. Like it was really bizarre. So Favre was like Hogan when he started lifting his hand, and you would drop the hand. You know, the ref would lift Hogan's hand, it would fall to the, to the mat, lift it again, it would fall to the mat. Yeah. Then he lifted it again, and it wouldn't, and he held it up. It was just a shaking, too. The yeah. shaking was incredible on the hand. Yeah, and just people start losing their minds. Yeah, but it, it's hard to equate that, because I don't know, it depends. if you were French, for sure, but as an American, he was the bad guy, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to okay. make this make this comparison right. but uh in any in any dominant uh in, in wrestling when they're putting a guy over as they say they're trying to build a guy up mm-hmm. and he's just dominating they'll always give the other dude who will get like two shots in on him just to keep it interesting and i was like wait townley's got a shot at it oh wait webb has got a shot at it. I, it was such a bizarre thing but i almost felt the same time that the guy was in complete control like mm-hmm. oh wait i have to wick it up here get away from these guys like, yeah. i don't think they really could have beaten him at any time well, I just don't understand where this came from. Like, it's just so strange to me how this guy who won one MX2 race, who, I mean, again, no, I hope no one out there is claiming that they saw this coming before the year began. Please tell me no one's lying and say they thought this was going to happen. Yeah. No, uh, no one would say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I, I talk, hope not. I talked to Villeman on the Pulp Show about him. Like, where I said the exact same thing. What is the deal with this guy? And, yeah, uh, yeah he just said he's uh, from the east side of France and uh, near Germany and Hard worker, not on social media, not uh, not distracted, trains his balls off, you know, whatever. And he didn't really give me a great answer, but um, he didn't say like, yeah. I think what we're going to find out when we get more info on the guy in general, I think we're finding out he's kind of like a, a like a McGrath was in that. I don't think he, oh, I know he didn't. He didn't race from a really young age. He did BMX, I think. Supermoto. And, and Supermoto. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting an unrealistic, you know, I guess you could say the same thing about McGrath, who wasn't even riding at age 13. 
and goes on to be the best Supercross rider ever. So it's kind of not the typical background, so maybe that misled everyone who wasn't on the radar long enough, and he's still probably peaking uh, when other guys would have already been peaking years earlier, something like that. Well, I th- we had Cooper Webb on the show also, and, and so they saw him at USGP, USGP, they saw him at Destinations. Nations. Cooper's going to see him at Sugo at the GP in Japan. Cooper's also going to see him in Lille coming up. So <laughs> those two, gonna, they're going to have a lot of races together. Right now, Fa- wow. right now Fabra is uh, four for four. So we'll see what happens. I have a feeling Wheel's not going to go as as swimmingly for him <laughs> as these events have. <laughs> I agree. Uh, no. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast with Jason Wygant Jason Thomas. Motocross the Nation's wrap-up. Uh, listen to this commercial from Racetech Suspension. Use the code PulpMX2015 to save yourself 10% at Racetech. And uh, anything you need for your suspension, they've got it. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. BTOsports.com, or RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing, Wygant, Thomas, MXDN Wrap-Up. Um, what about Ben Townley? Wow, where'd that come from? I mean, look, we didn't have a lot of depth, Weege there in the MX-1 class, but got to give it up to BT. That was a great ride. Yeah, I mean, there were still legitimate, you know, decent Grand Prix riders who he was battling with and then beating in that final moto, and he was good in the qualifier as well. I mean, that was just that was just nuts, and it just is one of the things, again, that makes this race so hard to explain mm-hmm. with, you know, how did Webb get closer to Febber in France, but how did Muscan pull away from Martin, Martin in a way in France? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the talent thing, I mean, all I can guess is you know, like uh, Canel Leoc, who we'll probably mention at some point. Some guys just got this event figured out. Yeah. And I guess that's what it comes down to. Well, it's not the track. It's just a normal track. And, you know, he's, oh, he's always... Nothing's that, a surprise. Nothing's a surprise. He's always that fast, even though he's ridden five races in two years, I guess. But, yeah. No problem. <laughs> we should, we should, did you listen to that interview? Did you listen to it? I, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little off-putting. Oh, thank you. People yeah. go listen to him. I like Ben a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah. I've always liked him. I liked him before he came here. When he did come here, he was awesome to work with. He's a great dude. But uh, it was a little bizarre how he pretty much was saying, what do you mean? Like, of course I did awesome. I'm great. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like me. Was maybe it was point. just me. I mean, I, he was pitted so far back there, JT. I forgot to tell you. You, you don't even know where he was, he was pitted, JT. We never ever even went close to being back there. 
But yeah, and uh, I probably wouldn't go there now <laughs> anyway. So. Um, but I traveled back there. I'm like, look, I got to talk to this guy. He's, he was one of the stories of this race. And then Seriously, I was like, even, even with the attitude or whatever, you know, I didn't, I didn't even listen to the interview yet. Um, I talked to you afterwards. The guy still rode incredibly well. Oh, like God, no one, yeah. no one saw that coming. No. Well, no, Ben well, did. Well, I shouldn't ben, even say that. He'll get mad at me probably. No, Ben did. That, ben saw that coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, he was great, man. He was, he was awesome. And, and, and it added a real cool, uh, cool deal to the race. So, um, should be, should be. Should there was be. a little, uh, JT, um, I think you were part of this. I don't know if you were paying close attention. Uh, for the most part, again, everyone was very well behaved post-race. Not a lot of shit talk and stuff like usual. But you, me, and Beaker got pulled down the rabbit hole by Chad Reed on Twitter. Like halfway through the final moto, I just tweet, Ben freaking Townley. As in, <laughs> I cannot believe this guy is doing this good. Like, what a badass this dude is. Ben Townley is just running second and is just all over February. This is insane. Well, as it turns out, 15 minutes later, Barsha would get in the third, and he was semi-sort of the spoiler. Even if Barsha had passed him, it wouldn't have changed it. Yeah. But... I tweeted well before that. It wasn't me saying, I can't believe Townley's getting in the way of the United States. Like, hey, Barsha, USA, if you want to win the event, you got to pass, dude. It's not Townley's fault. Beat him. I, you can't blame a guy for beating somebody else. That's the name of the race. That's what you're supposed to do. I was not at all saying that. So I said Ben freaking Townley. Five minutes later, Beaker writes back, yeah, he was a spoiler. Uh, and then I think you were attached on a tweet also. And then Chad Reed has to come in, as Chad Reed does, and say, uh, that was only one point. It wouldn't even have mattered. Well, and I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't saying it had anything to do with that. Like, I'm not sour grapes. I'm not complaining. This was well before Barsha was even in third. Yeah, you were like, wow. The Townley thing was quite pivotal. Townley was quite pivotal. <laughs> uh, well, you and... Did uh, you see that, JT? I you did see attached. it. Yep. You and uh, yeah. you and Chad right now, we each. Some issues going on. Things touch and back. go. Touch and go. It's up and down. I touch and go. No, we were good. We, we talked for a while last week. I think we're good. Okay. I was on your show. Uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's Chad Reed. It's Chad Reed, bro. Uh, yeah. Him, him and I get along well. Even even though I was I was kind of giving away what he's doing next year, he wasn't having that. But, you know, whatever. Um, You're yeah. the guy who, when we did that Arena Cross podcast or uh, live show, to reference that again, there's JT saying, well, 2011 Supercross was close going to the finale. And you're like, no, Chad had no shot. And there's Chad on the headset. <laughs> Dude, he wasn't going to win it. Come on, we all know that. He was too many points back. No, Chad had no shot. And Chad just rolled. He lost the championship by three points. Yeah, but we knew I was going to go. Look, we did. It was, <laughs> we did. It was, I was right. So, boom. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, uh, yeah, no, I saw that, Weed. You were just saying, like, yeah, it was just, just a simple miscommunication. You just meant, like, holy shit, Ben Downley. Which, yeah, I wasn't we, like, I hate Ben Townley. I was more like, I can't right. believe he's doing this good. Yeah. Well, and it's he, true. He wouldn't affect it. No. He didn't affect the overall. Weed, you're pretty neutral in this race. You, you're, you wouldn't do well with JT sitting next to JT. JT has his red, white, and blue underwear on, and that's fine. I got no, no beef with that. You know, but uh, Weed, you're more, more neutral. Than, but people well, I try to be, but, but I yeah. want to be honest. There's, there is an awesome hook to this race that no other race Honestly, any race anywhere in the world, let alone motocross, anything. I mean, it's pretty awesome. You, you, I, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, I would like to see the United States team win. And just that little bit of extra. I mean, was that final moto the most epic, exciting race of all time? No. I mean, really, Feber had the right. lead the whole time. Yeah. Any other race, that would have been a boring moto. But, JT, what were your emotions throughout that race? 
Uh, I would say first moto, I'm really surprised and pleased with with everything. You know, I know we caught a break with Muscan uh, having a crash and Paulin having a crash. Uh, so I, I knew we caught a break there. Uh, I was just hoping that that would be enough because I, I really thought that they would come back and, and even this thing up at some point. And then uh, second moto, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected to happen there. I was hoping Jeremy Martin could kind of just find a way to, to get there with Muscan or at least be right on him to lose, you know, minimum points. And then the last moto, you know, on the start, I was just kind of like, yeah, well, we're screwed. <laughs> Um, but in general, weren't you more emotionally engaged to the outcome than you would be at any other race? Oh, yeah. I normally don't care unless, unless like, Chad or one of my friends or one of the BTO KTM guys are right in the mix. I usually don't really care. So. Or Tim Ferry right. back in the day. That's, that's what makes this so cool. Mathis, I don't know. You've, you've clearly checked your emotion at the door. You're not even from America, for starters. No, yeah. You're expect, you probably were not expecting Canada to win this year. Probably mm, weren't expecting it. No, no, I'm, no, I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm Canadian, but I've almost lived in America longer, but I'm not a U.S. citizen yet. I just want to see a great race. If America wins, great. If my buddy, like Tim Ferry's on the team, then I'm all about it. Like, go, 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 my buddy, Tim Ferry. But I've got a lot of friends on, you know, a lot of teams. And, and, you know, so not so much this year. Like, this year, like, Caroli or Chad or, you know, Matty or these dudes. You know, Matty, you got to love Matty. Uh, always like, always <laughs> likes my stuff. Um, you know, but, yeah, you know, for me, I just want to see good racing, whatever. And uh, we saw it. I thought I was exciting. Like, when Marvin was catching Barsha, then Barsha got back by him. That was, that was goosebumps, man. That was great. And the friends, fans are losing their minds, you know, so. Um, yeah, that's my point, man. There's no other right. race like that, that you have that kind of engagement. Like, I was genuinely, you know, nervous before the last moto and nervous during it. And I, I, I'm not nearly as engaged, I think, as most of the – I'm not even being a straight-up fan. Like, I'm trying my best to be neutral. But just, oh, my God, what is going to happen? You know, even if you were watching the Super Bowl and it's two teams that you don't necessarily root for, you just can't – what's going to be the outcome? It's the only motocross race I can think of that gets you that fired up pretty well, awesome that journalist that came into the media room clearing cheering and clapping and raising his hands in victory if he would have gotten near our table jt would have had something for him would have had a baguette right up the head well <laughs> i thought it was a little bit ridiculous and <laughs> it was no it was yeah I, i'm up with you i you know i said one smart ass comment and i left it alone I, I tried to compose myself as much as i could i thought i did all right i mean i was whispering you know some subtleties under my breath but Whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. You're be- like I said, there's some acceptance by you now. Well, I thought that the best team won. Yeah. So anytime that happens, and I thought two things happened. Our guys rode really well, and the best team won on the day. Right. So when that happens, you know, where do you go? And what, what are you going to be mad about at that one point? One of the things you said to me, though, JT, after the race, and I agree with you, but I was surprised to hear you say it. You were like, it's not going to get any easier next year. No, like no. We're going to a very, very European track next year. Yeah, but Glen Helen, it's on, everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Pack your bags. Uh, I may start, you know, buying supplies and, and right. uh, some party paraphernalia for Glen Helen already. Yeah, you always have the hats and the streamers. It's on. If we lose Glen Helen, I'm. It's not going to be good. I'm not going to say I'm going to walk home, but it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, please don't say you're going to walk home. We've had enough of that. We've, that's enough. Um, uh, Weege, uh, tell me you've talked to Coy. It's Wednesday. 
Have you? No, I don't know what when when those dudes came back. I don't, oh. I don't know. I think they were still on the way back. No, I haven't. I'm oh. gonna go there probably. <laughs> probably I'll just end up going there Monday. I know. I know. I, I forgot about the T-shirt sales. That added a whole other layer, huh? <laughs> oh, geez, fantastic! Old mumbles there. He uh, he brought too many. There's no fat people in Europe. That's what he said. There's no fat people. I brought too many XL and double XL. And then he said he had a he, he had a guy try on a shirt that was skin tight, and the guy said, "Do you have a size smaller?" And Coy, so Coy, Coy is very upset about his allocation of T-shirt sizes, <laughs> and. He said that he should have brought more things with American flags. He thought everybody hated America, so they wouldn't want American flag. And ten, said people were asking him all the time about, "Hey, uh, you know, do you have any ones with American flag?" So, Coy gives everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he is an American. He's about. He, I think he's about as the most American guy I know. <laughs> yeah, pretty he's much. American right? as American can get, except the part where he yeah. talks about working hard and earning everything. And meanwhile, he's the son of one of the richest dudes out there. <laughs> <laughs> but he still believes in the theory. Yeah, I know. I know. But <laughs> He 100% subscribes to you. You get what you earn. Yeah. Nothing is given to you in life. I asked him a question. 100% subscribes to that. I asked him a question about the team, and he was like, I don't know. That's J-Bone. I don't know. I'm just here for T-shirts, he said. <laughs> I'm just here for T-shirts. Uh, oh, he was- good. Between him and Bobby Regan, it's just an awesome combo of yeah, where this has gone. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, JT, did you go buy Team USA much? I think I just went there more than you, huh? Um, I didn't go into the A Stars side at all. Um, I didn't have a wristband for it, and I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm necessarily supposed to be in there. So, right. Well, I, I, I even meant the team, the truck underneath the tent at the truck. Like, oh, uh, I did. Well, I did yeah. uh, at the end there. Yeah, because we were talking to Coy and Thomas from NFAB and those guys. Um, yeah. And then I talked to Ben for a minute, but not a, not a lot. No, I mean those guys are working, and you know you talk. You are trying to get your story and all that stuff. I'm just kind of in the way. So well, I was going to say they they seem like they're get they, everybody got along really good. Like there was a lot of smiles and hard work, and people were good. And no, it's just, I mean I think, all, I think a lot of people that are used to working together were working together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so. Uh, Great Britain. Um, bummer for them. Simpson got taken up by a lapper, and Anstey got landed on. Um, Simpson got screwed, but Max got even worse off. And Dino, what do you think of Dino's ride, JT? I thought it was pretty good. You know, I think he still has some work to do. Uh, starts were really, really good, which he, you know, was kind of stressing that he needed to be better at. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he did get kind of shuffled back by the, the pack of Webb and Febra and those guys, uh, which I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about. But it was uh, it was building blocks, and and you know we both talked to him about it that he just needs to keep putting races together mm-hmm. and and you know uh, build himself back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we we spoke about this on the our drive is that a guy like Ryan Dungey is so strong because of the consistency and the momentum that he's just built. He's built such a strong foundation over the past you know however many years since he's had any kind of injury. Mm-hmm. And Wilson basically has none of that. I mean, he's the complete antithesis of a guy like Ryan Dungey at this point. So he just needs to continue to build and get stronger and put a strong off season together and, uh, you know, see where, he, right. see where he stacks up come January. Weege, Dino, uh, Dino was asking me about gearing on his bike. It made me feel good. Maybe feel like I was back. Wow. Yeah. I don't, wow. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know why he asked me. I have no idea. But – Made me feel like I, mean, I was. I would think he has qualified people around him. Well, um, apparently he no. humored me enough to ask me what I thought. So, wow. which immediately Berner, wow. t- which immediately when I answered, Berner said I was wrong. So, 
but <laughs> still felt good to be back in a little bit of a way. So, so Great Britain. What about Anstey's crash, Weed? Did you see that? Oh man. Oh, oh yeah. Dude. Actually, at first on TV they only had him laying on the side of the track, mm-hmm. and obviously it wasn't good. You could just tell because he was laying there motionless. So then when they actually had the crash, yeah. Um, I've always kind of wondered actually how the rules of the event work um, when you end up. <clears throat> I, I knew to qualify, you only need your two best scores on Saturday, so I knew they'd be okay. Even though Simpson only had an 11th, Mike Dino just needs to get 10th or something, and they'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, as far as the scoring and all that, I guess you just take. What, what do DNS count as? A 40 points or something? How does that even work? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I don't know because I thought it counted as 40. But then I was looking at the scores, and they count as worse than 40 somehow. If Because the, the math doesn't work out because the riders aren't even listed on there. Hmm. So I don't really know yeah, how they know. do it. But you know what? They should allow, they, they're not, you're not allowed to fill in, and you should be. You know? Like, I don't like that rule. I would change that rule. Right, JT? Like, you know. You should be able to Is fill in. Say it again, sorry. You should be able to fill in. If you're going yeah, to get I hurt. think so too. Um, didn't uh, didn't France have an, an alternate? They did, but only you know before the race. So, so. when is when is you the cutoff? Though, I guess would be my question. I if you qual- I think uh, I think if your country qualifies, you should be able to put a guy in for Sunday morning. Yeah. 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 At any point. Yeah. I mean, even if even if a guy crashes out of the moto. If he has another moto coming up, your country is a team. It's not an individual race. It's a team yeah. race. So whatever. If, if your guy, you know, DNFs his first moto, okay, well, that's your throwaway. Now put your sub in, and that, his score counts. I don't know if you can do that. Your sub, what if your sub doesn't ride that brand of bike? That's their problem. I don't care about that. <laughs> I'm just saying at least you have a chance yeah. to still participate. But, you know, how can the sub, if he's contracted with somebody, like how could, how could the sub of uh, – you know, Blake Baggett jump on, uh, you know. But that's for the team to sort out. Right, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so JGR has to bring in Pike. You know what I mean? That, that's how right. it has to, I would think you'd have uh, to go get around that. Can't even imagine Pike and the motocross the nations. Oh, we had a good <laughs> yeah, laugh about in that. Europe all the time. Uh, that? Right before Glenn Helen, we were like, what if Webb stacks it up? Like, what if Webb gets hurt at Glen Helen? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you're gonna, it's going to have to be a Yamaha 450 guy. So it's either Phil or Pike, and then everybody just laughs. <laughs> Like, Everybody just couldn't stop stop laughing about filler pike. Yeah, like just filler. Your, your hopes are resting on Pike, who apparently has been enjoying himself quite a bit. I don't think he's been motoing down like Barsha this time of year. Uh, <laughs> I think he just started riding Phil, again like, last week. Exactly. Um, and Phil, God help us, Phil. He's sending Team USA. Send out Eeyore. <laughs> Eeyore. Phil is a donation veteran, though. Phil's been there. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. No, hey, yeah. you can't put, you can't spell fill in without Phil Nicoletti. No, that's a good point. <laughs> um, what else, JT? Um, what else? What else caught your eye? Or Weege? What? What else do you want to talk about? Did, did uh, I, I got some? an angle I want you guys to talk about. Yeah. You get the weird situation with Dungey's brother, for example, because Frankie wasn't there for Marvin. So Dungey's brother, who's Hill's mechanic, becomes Marvin's mechanic. Mm-hmm. So. Talk about these weird angles where you get, Mathis, you were there, technically, you're Canadian, you were a Ferries mechanic, where you get other people essentially rooting for the opposite country. Like, imagine if Dungey rode for Team USA, and then his brother is cheering Moose on to beat Dungey. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Well, no, yeah, I mean, it's happened a ton. Like, Berluti, Berluti has gone for everybody but Team USA. He's been there for, <laughs> for France, for Australia. The mercenary. Uh, I think he's been there for a few times for France. And Australia, a bunch with burners. So, yeah, 
Berlut's been there. Oh, and he's been there for USA, like as a helper. So, you know, and same thing with Lars, right, for, for Reedy and Oscar and all those guys. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, well, you know, in 03, I've told this story before, Goose has a Dutch passport, Mike Gosler. And Hoodie, Rhino's mechanic in 03, was Dutch also, and I'm Canadian. So none of the Team American mechanics in 03 were, were, were American, essentially, although Goose, Goose was a duel. But you could make the case. So, yeah, yeah you know. It's funny how that works. When I saw Dungeon's, because I didn't know that Frankie wasn't there. Enough. Me neither. I, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Dungeon's brother. Yeah. And as always. Cheering on Muskan to beat Barsha. Tano Leok was good, of course. Uh, Babushev was good. Um, and then Belgium got third. Belgium could, as I wrote in my column, they could send anybody. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, they got to show the podium. Other than that, yep. man, there was some dudes. You know, Australia, if Ferris, I was talking to Berner, if Ferris hadn't fallen, Australia would have been fourth overall. Uh, Ferris fell in the last lap to lose a ton of spots. And they went from fourth to seventh. So they could have had a good ride. And uh, Nagel got third in the first moto. But I didn't see what happened to him, JT, but he DNF'd or crashed out. So Germany could have been a lot better because Nagel's legit. Max, yeah, Max. I don't know what happened there. I know he got in a crash with Paul in, but I don't know if that yeah. was what it was or no. That what? was that was first moto. Okay, I thought that's what he yeah. said. Sorry, uh, something happened to him in the second moto. Okay, i.e. the third moto of the day. But Mad Max is legit for sure. And other than that, man, like it was a guy from Sweden, whole shot. So there was no. It was not a, a banner year. Uh, you mentioned him at this, but the amount of guys that were missing. The race was good and exciting and close, and the crowd was pumped, so that kind of glossed everything over. But it was not a banner year for talent at the event. No, it happens. Yeah, it happens. We were um, missing yeah. a lot of star power. Yeah. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, man. Just sure. add in Hurlings and Caroli and DeSalle and Dungey and uh, Roxon. Reed and Roxon. Oh, Reed. God, right? Like Tomac. Um, Timmy. You know? Um, what? Weekend? Uh, what, about, what about Puerto Rico? Michael Lieb. His team didn't even make it out of Saturday. I didn't know this, Weege, but they eliminate teams after Saturday. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, but, really? Yeah, so, oh. so Lee, in the qualifying race, Lee finishes, other two guys didn't, and Lee didn't do it well enough to even make the B vein. They don't even make the B final. Jeez. That is a long way to go for 60 minutes of racing. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. No. So, all right, um... Anything else? Or are we good? We're wrapping it up. We got uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm next weekend. Why well, can't you'll be there for that? And then Monster Cup. Yep. You'll be at the AIM Expo. So you won't be for that. JT, you'll be at the Monster Cup. Uh, I will be. I go to Brazil on Friday mm-hmm. uh, for a week. And then, um, yeah, Monster Cup. So Say hi to Balby for me. Yeah, I'll be sure to do that. Who, uh, who's going to win uh, next year? More Nations? Yeah, Majora. Oh. Who's going to win? Ah, dude, come on. It's too far out. That's right? what I'm saying. That's what I'm just early predictions. I mean, Nagel and Roxon with someone? They're, they're pretty legit. America will be good again, of course. France so again? So much comes down to who yeah. actually makes it. I mean, yeah. in January, I think if you're planning motocross nations for Team USA, you could say that you were going to have Villapoto as potentially world champion yep. and Dungey, and then maybe you'd have to put Tomac on a 250. I, I even, like, that was a team you thought you could have had, and not any yeah. of them were even on it. Yeah, I asked Tomac if he'd ride the 250. 
summertime in Supercross. He said, yeah, right. Yeah, he was pumped. He said, yep, yep, absolutely, I would. And I already yeah. had it, I already had it cooked up in my mind of what the team would be. So, so next yeah, year. Right. So could you imagine that team? Like, but that's the point. Like, you just can't predict what's going to happen. No. Yeah, who's going to win? That's what I'm saying. That's the fun of it. Is we have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Who who's going to win? You yeah. take all the factors. You don't know who's going to go. You don't know who's going to race. Maybe Stu goes. You know, for all we know, uh, who wins Stu, next year Stu. in Majora? Uh, hey, listen, and I've talked this about this a few times. If Stu is the second 450 guy, like, look, maybe Dunge wins, maybe Tomac wins, and maybe one of them gets hurt, okay? But Stu legitimately is second place in the points. Or first, okay, which is hard to see Stu doing that, would Roger pass him up? That's a million-dollar question. We may not find the answer because Stu can't seem to keep it together. But would Roger pass him up if he was legitimately first or second choice? That, my friends, is interesting. You can only hope that comes to pass. Oh, do I, well, I have topics for these janky podcast shows. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, will, I, I can go on for hours about that. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if Stu holds it together. Roger's not a fan of taking him. We know that. And, yeah. We'll, we'll see. There is something strange now that I started looking, you know, the week before this, we start really looking into the history of this event. And it has to be weird to the Europeans. <clears throat> Basically, like, anytime Stefan Everts wasn't hurt, he rode for Belgium, like, 15 times. Mm-hmm. Like, they just do. Like, there's not even a question about it. Their best guys race. The races in Europe, they're from Europe. It's just basically like another GP round. It's easy. It's really got to be curious to people on the outside, like, what's up with this? Why is James Stewart never on the American team? Why is Dungey just not doing it? Why is Villapoto always seeming to be hurt? Like, yeah. And now Roxon has joined those ranks. I mean, he hasn't gone there the last few years. Now, technically, he was injured, but it's not like Roxon's like, Get these bandages off me. I'm going to do anything I can. I am racing this thing uh, one way or another. Posting, like Euros are. posting Instagram photos of him riding Supercross, in case anybody was wondering. So uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's a really curious thing when you look at the European teams where it's like you can't keep those guys off yeah. the team. No. But Townley, not even European, but Townley basically was like wanted to be on it, like yeah. begged to be on it. Right. Very strange. But Stu. Just, I mean, honestly, though, like, when could you say that Roger has passed Stu up when he's had to take him? There hasn't been a chance. There hasn't been. I mean, you can make a case for him a few times where Roger passed him over, but where we, where Stu was a clear choice and Roger overlooked him hasn't really happened. No, wait, wait, no. So you nope. know, but uh, so maybe he'll, maybe all this is just you know, podcast talk. But wouldn't you love to see Stu just redeem himself, Captain America? I'm all for it, man. I think, I think at this point it would be pretty awesome. Or he goes there and just cartwheels and everybody just piles on even more. <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor Stu. So I think it would well, be I awesome. Think as your second guy, you, you can it's, – it's a little less risky. You know what I mean? Like, hey, it wasn't like Cooper Webb was a darn stone-cold lead pipe lock. Like, no. We're taking a flyer on him too. Yeah. No, for sure. You know what you're going to get. It'd be good. I, I'd really Dude. like it. It'd be cool. It'd be interesting to see. So Yeah. Um, all right, btosports.com, RacerX Podcast, the two Jasons, Motocross the Nation's wrap-up. Uh, thanks to both you jerkies, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. See you. See you. See ya. This has been the btosports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing.
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the-